Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I appreciate you so much. So grateful for the time that we get to spend together to talk about your life, your business, the things that are coming up for you. You know, we really are truly all thriving entrepreneurs because... Even with whatever job you may have, each of us has to be successful at thriving at the life, the business of being us. And I hope that today finds you in a wonderfully amazing, thriving, truly free place. I want that for you. I want to see you shine and thrive and grow and break free and relax and feel protected. Because today we're going to talk about creating freedom. What does freedom mean? You know, we've talked about abundance and we've talked about the fact that though money can be abundance, money doesn't necessarily mean that you're abundant. Um, You know, because abundance, we don't want it to fluctuate as much as money, no matter what level you're at, does. Um, But what does freedom mean? What does it mean to really truly be free? How do we release the things in our mind, the holdbacks in our body, and yes, most definitely the financial things. What are the things that allow us to take one step at a time, little by little, and break free to create real freedom, to live a life truly free, to live a life abundantly above all that you can ask or even think? What does that look like? What would it feel like if we created freedom? How will life be when we are living in a place where the freedom that we've created allows us to be the people that we were meant to be in this world, to make the difference that only we can make, to live as a thriving entrepreneur and see the world changed because of the simple fact that you show up in this world as the person that you are and you fill the spot that only you can fill. To me, more than anything else, of all the things we can talk about, that is definitely what it means to live as a thriving entrepreneur. And I want that for you today. So today we've got three really great guests. We're going to talk to them about creating freedom in different levels, both the spiritual aspect as well as some financial aspects um, and even just some emotional, spiritual kind of things. Um, You know, we're going to kind of run the gambit today of talking about all the different things that when put together can help you create freedom in your life. I'm looking forward to doing this with you. Got three really great guests. So let's jump right into it and have some great discussions with these amazing people as we work on creating freedom. Join me in welcoming Wayne Altman. Hey, Wayne, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Steve. Thanks. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, um, I'm an eight-year Army veteran, uh, served uh, in the military for, for eight and a half years. Um, I designed a, a company called Melody Clouds, um, and we basically offer solfeggio, binaural beats, guided meditations, um, basically trying to help people relax, sleep better, get over their grief. Mm, that's that's very useful, very needed. So, um, and you have a book you said that you wrote. Um, what is the name of your book? I've written six books, but the uh, latest book is When Bad Credit Happens to Good People. I spent 18 years in the mortgage and credit industry. And one of the things that I noticed very quickly was that in the United States, we're given no um education as far as our credit goes, how the systems work, how to get good credit. And so I set about to remedy that. So um, 
do you apply any of the techniques that you're now teaching in the meditation stuff into some of the credit issues too, or was it just kind of, I know this and I really feel like people need it? You know, it's funny. There is some crossover um, because when you're talking about things that, you know, you have no experience with, such as credit, you know, there was, there was no class in high school. There are no classes in college for you to actually learn what, um, you know, what, what makes a good credit score, for example. You know, people are left just flying blind. Well, the same thing is true when it comes to uh, solfeggio frequencies on and healing or getting over grief with binaural beats, relaxing, going to sleep with these frequencies that, you know, are all, all around us. We use them every day, but we're just not educated on how powerful they are and how how much we come into contact with them. So um, give us a little bit of background on that then. Um, how powerful are they and, and how often do we come in contact with that kind of stuff? Well, every single day we come into contact with it. And let me give you some examples. So every movie or every TV show that you have ever watched has a soundtrack. That soundtrack is designed to tell you how to feel about the images that you're looking at. Um, every time you walk into a gym that's playing, um, you know, hard rock music to help people work out uh, better. Um, every time you step into a grocery store, the music that they play in the background is designed to make you relax, be comfortable and purchase more. Um, every time that you, um, well, I mean, you, you get the point and you get the point. I, I could go on and on how many different examples there are. And, and what we try to do with Melody Clouds is help people take charge of their mood. So now with the book on credit, um, are you towards the end of that kind of helping people move over to Melody Clouds and, uh, you know, and really center themselves or, um, you know, is it just kind of a timely book that you needed to write based out of your experience? I, it was a different period in my life, for sure. It, the, the book is still available on Amazon. It is done very well. Um, I got a lot of great feedback. Um, but I'm one of those people that has many different interests. And I'll tell you, I started Melody Clouds when I discovered that I had tinnitus. Uh, tinnitus, if you're not familiar, is a ringing. It's a, it's a very loud ringing, in my case, in my ears and it is persistent and it's with me all the time. And I was desperately looking for some way of either getting rid of it or mitigating it to the point where it wasn't, um, wasn't a problem for me. I found that, um, I found a frequency that I could play and it would counteract that constant ringing and would give me for the first time in 20 years, complete silence. And that was incredibly refreshing. That led me to finding out how much more these um, solfeggio frequencies and binaural beats would do. So, uh, and, and I come from a little bit of a sound background. So, uh, you know, if you can explain to me, what is the difference between binaural beats and what we used to call weight noise? So the, just the frequencies. So the frequencies that they operate at um, is really what your major difference um, between the two is. Um, back in the 11th century, um, Guido di Arezzo uh, discovered uh, certain frequencies um, matched brain waves. He didn't really know that at the time, but he noticed that certain frequencies would um, create different moods or uh, create different reactions in people. Um, we lost that until about 1974, um, a Dr. Joseph Paleo um, really dove in deep and started picking out these frequencies and what they did for the person listening to them. Um, just to give you an example, if you're feeling stress, you listen to 147, or I mean, I'm sorry, 174 hertz, 
that's going to relieve stress and pain, as a matter of fact. So um, on your website and the different things you do, one of the big things you do is you teach us what frequency of sound is going to help you with the particular thing that you're wanting help with. Is that a good way of putting it? 100%. So if you're feeling grief, uh, you're going through a divorce, a breakup, there's been a death in the family. I have frequencies on Melody Clouds that you would be able to um, listen to, and it basically blocks grief because your brain grief is a frequency. Your, your mind um, is operating at a certain frequency. Now, if I can find a way to use one of these other frequencies to interrupt that, you will no longer feel grief. And, and as proof, let, let me, okay, just in case there's somebody out there that kind of uh, doubts this. Um, if you go to a um, rock concert or if you go to, you, know, uh, you watch a movie, Wally, uh, a very good example is Wally. So there's a movie, an hour into the movie, this little robot uh, has been silent the entire time. There's been no soundtrack whatsoever. The first uh, words are not spoken for an hour. Yet, you knew exactly how you were supposed to feel for the entire uh, uh, time. Or, um, let me think. You know, they're, they're, we, we change our mood. We have, we have things that we can listen to that are actually going to make us feel better. Um, and, and everyone knows that. Everyone is familiar with that. That's why we listen to music in the, to begin with. That makes total sense. That's why I always recommend to people, you know, what is that song that's going to take you from where you are to the place you really want to be? Exactly. And this takes it even one step further. Um, because if you, let's say you wanted to improve your focus. Um, if you listen to that music and also uh, 100 or 963 hertz, that is going to mimic being in the zone. You've heard people talk about, oh, he was in the zone that night. Well, his brain was operating in 963 hertz, those brain waves. He was very focused. If you can recreate that in someone's brain, they become very focused. And one thing I will point out, we listen to music every single day with zero side effects. You know, we provide drugs in this country to people. Um, Ambien for sleep and uh, Prozac for mood altering or um, Ritalin we provide to people to maintain their focus. Those drugs have a tendency to A, not work the same in every single person, but B, more concerningly, they are riddled with side effects. You don't know what you're going to get with uh, a drug like Ambien or something. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And they put them as one size fits all kind of cures, but obviously people have different biochemistries. So, you know, how is it really going to help? Right. You, you have different reactions in every single person. No two people are the same. No two people's body chemistry or issue are the same. So if you had two people, you gave them both a Viagra pill, they would react differently to that pill. Yeah, absolutely. I love the concept of the sound waves. Um, is there really anything that couldn't be affected by the sound waves? Or is there a right and left sideline on that? Or does it pretty well, if you find the right wave, you could pretty much affect anything? Well, I mean, research is still being, you know, still going on. I mean, we're learning more about this all the time. Um, but you know, whether you're awakening your in, in, uh, intuition, um, that's a 741 hertz. So in other words, it makes you more aware of your surroundings. Or let me give you a very good example. So let's say that you're going to church. Uh, someone's walking into a church. The music that's being played in that church, whether it is um, a dirge, a, a somber organ music, that's going to put you in one uh, mood to worship. 
or if you went into a Southern Baptist church where there's praise music going on or maybe a choir singing, you're going to have an elated type feeling. You're going to be in a completely different mood uh, going in and doing the same activity. Um, so to answer your question a little bit better, I mean, right now we are scratching the surface of what type of things these beats and this solfeggio will do. But some of the things that I'm offering right now, we have a pretty good lock on. We know that it works. So what is something that somebody that was listening right now, what is the starter frequency? What is the one you would say, hey, you know, give this one a try, see how that affects you, you know, and then we'll go from there. Without question, anyone within the sound of this podcast that's having trouble sleeping uh, needs to go on um, and um, uh, pick one of the frequencies for sleep because that one seems to have a very effective, um, it seems to affect pretty much everyone the same way. Um, it, the, the frequency mimics uh, REM sleep and it'll drop you like a sack of potatoes if you're like most of us. Tell us that frequency again. I think we all need to listen to it tonight. <laughs> right. Um, 741 hertz. There's also, there's another, there's a couple of them for each one of these things, as a matter of fact. But solfeggio frequency is uh, 741 hertz. And then you want to look for um, 432 hertz if you just want to relax. Uh, but if you really need some sleep, um, 528 hertz go to 528 hertz if you really but just be aware you need to be in a place that you you know because you're gonna sleep it's your it'll knock you out oh boy i wish it was nighttime now so i could go try that right now it just sounds wonderful <laughs> if you need a good nap i mean 528 is rem sleep that is going to your brain is going to react to that megahertz and is going to you know slip you right into megahertz one of the things that we have done on on melody clouds if there's any new parents that are listening to this um i have taken um lullabies we have a whole section for infants and for uh, small children for lullabies and we cut those tracks into 20 hour um, tracks of music and we did it for a specific reason so when you put that baby down you're not expecting them to sleep for 20 hours but you'd like to get a good night's sleep. So when your child, when that infant wakes up, they're going to be right back listening to the same lullaby that they were listening to when they fell asleep. And they're going to be able to self-soothe and go back to sleep without your intervention. And it takes a few nights to, to work, but it works very, very quickly after th two or three nights your baby should be going right back to sleep on their own. Something that is, is a learned skill. Self-soothing is a learned skill. So, you know, you really need to try that out. It saved my life. <laughs> that is amazing. So, uh, Wayne, uh, tell us how, if we want to go deeper with you, how we can get in contact with you and all about your website. So it's melodyclouds.com. And one of the things that I've done, especially for your <clears throat> listeners, is we're doing a $2.99 for the first 60 days. It's $2.99, so you can try it out. It's $5.99, $5.99 thereafter. So, I, you know, after that, it's $5.99 a month. If you're in California, you'll know that's less than a gallon of gas. Um, and it, it really is something that is uh, beneficial to a lot of people. I'm getting a ton of positive feedback, not just on the price, but just on what this will do for, for you. Mm, I love that. Well, Wayne, I really do hope that not only does your book sell well, but that a lot of people will go to melodyclouds.com. Um, and thank you so much for being here on the show with us today. Steve, I, I, this has been a blast. I definitely, um, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. What do you do? 
what happens when bad things happen for you, even in your credit and your finances, or when you're stressed out and you can't relax? Do you know a way to create that kind of freedom in your life so that you can shine and you can live as a thriving entrepreneur? We're going to take our first commercial break, and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about creating freedom. We're here today to look at the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and yes, even financial aspect of your life and help you find the methods, the tricks, the tips, and the things within yourself that you can do to live thriving and truly free and to create freedom in your life. That's what we want to be about is living to make a change in this world, living as thriving entrepreneurs and creating freedom for ourselves and for those that we were meant to serve. Let's jump into our next guest. Join me in welcoming Harry Barth. How are you doing today, Harry? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Good to be on the show. I am doing really good. Thanks for asking. Um, tell us first a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, uh, primarily for the last 50 years, uh, I have been engaged. Uh, I own a large law firm and we have been engaged in advanced asset protection and estate planning all around the United States. A um, little bit of background. I have a couple of master's degrees in finance, a doctorate degree in law, and I'm a certified financial planner as well. So um, can you give me an idea what uh, your definition for advanced financial planning is? Well, it's actually advanced asset protection planning and estate planning. So financial planning is a, a, another another uh, discipline. But to me, all of the disciplines are a subset of asset protection planning. Asset protection planning, Steve, is arranging your assets in such a way that you would have the best probability of settling or surviving a brush with the legal system or a lawsuit. And it's funny because, you know, when when, we're, when people are doing tax planning, Steve, what are they doing? They're trying to arrange the affairs to keep a creditor away, the creditor being state state tax collectors, the Internal Revenue Service. When people do estate planning, they're trying to stay out of court and stay away from creditors. When even when people are doing financial planning and using diversification amongst their assets, they're trying to cut down their risk. And we have seen, you know, over you know decades, people are engaged in forming limited liability companies, limited partnerships, corporations, all of which are part of uh, protecting assets. And and I think I think the, the the most important thing for people to understand that if we have any assets, we should do our best in today's litigious world uh, to to protect them as best as we possibly can. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So. Um... What are some of your favorite ways to help a person protect their assets? Do you have any kind of, you know, go-tos you just really love? Sure, sure. It, it, the answer, of course, is a little bit more complex than that. Uh, asset protection is uh, uh, not a commodity and not one size fits all. 
So when you're dealing with asset protection planning, my favorite thing or most important thing is an assessment. It's it's to sit with our with, with our potential client or potential new client and and assess what the risks are. This is my favorite thing, meaning that these are the assets, these are the potential liabilities, this is where the risks exist. So in, until you establish that, there is no go-to because um, one thing, you know, it's like going, you know, going to the doctor, you say, what's your favorite prescription? It depends on what type of disease or condition you're dealing with would be the favorite for that. So, but some of the things that, that today are the, the proper utilization of uh, specialized limited liability companies, domestic family asset protection LLCs, domestic asset protection trusts and international asset protection trusts, uh, limited partnerships are all, not, not, we wouldn't say favorite, they're all part of the repertoire of tools that are used in concert with each other to achieve the, the most important part, which is, you know, Steve, if, if someone's coming at you, we want to put you into the best negotiating position possible. And I guess one of the best ways to describe that is by example, um, you know, if one does not engage in planning and God forbid we're getting involved in a situation that creates liability and that happens to good people all, all the time, it happened as a result of a bad car wreck, um, you want to be able to um, negotiate a full and fair settlement or drive the plaintiff to your insurance. Not going to be so easy to do if all your assets are sitting there in the easy form for a predatory plaintiff to take. So the goal is to build borders, fences, moats, castles, all in concert so a potential plaintiff realizes that they have a real hard job and be willing to settle for less than they would have been able to achieve in the absence of the protection. So um, if I'm asking things that are kind of Again, more um, you'd need to really evaluate it before you could answer that. Uh, you know, just let me know. But sure, um, can you give an idea when is it typically wiser to form an LLC, and when is it better to have like more of a C corp? Okay, sure. So for, first, I think what's important is when one should engage in asset protection planning. Those are specific tools. But more importantly, Steve, sadly, we see this every day of the week. We're, you know, we've been in, in practice for a very long time. We have close to 5,000 clients across the country. And when do we get calls, Steve, a lot? Well, we have a problem. You know, someone fell off the roof at the house. You know, my son crashed the car and killed somebody. You know, my, uh, my husband or my wife or my spouse um, is being sued at work for uh, an officer of director liability. So at that point, people are reaching out saying, what can you do to help me protect my assets from this potential claim? And this is the most important axiom of asset protection planning. It needs to be preemptive planning. It needs to be done before the liability arises so I, I think the most important thing is that we gauge in this preemptory analysis and study and build the walls before the walls are needed. Because once the walls are needed as a result of a liability, more likely than not, asset protection will not work and will not work effectively. Now, that being given and that being said, um, in the analysis that, that would happen when you're looking at a situation, um, and I'll just use the one that you brought up. Uh, it's just one of many, 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 many tools and a very good question. So when you take a, it, whether it's a C corporation or an S corporation, Steve, in my world, it's a corporation. That's the form of business. You know, whether it's an, how an LLC uh, is structured, whether it's structured to be taxed as an S corporation or C corporation, those are tax statuses. The difference is, is that, Steve, if you have a liability coming to you and you own shares in a C corporation or a corporation, so I don't care whether that corporation is Apple or Steve Kidd 
Inc. You have shares. If you have a liability, the creditor can seize your shares. And if they take your shares, then they control the corporation. Not very effective because there's two forms of liability. A liability coming, Steve, from the operations of the entity and a liability coming to the owner of the entity looking at how do we get to the entity. So in the one I just described, this, the, the liability came to the owner of the entity. I took their shares away and basically they lost their company. In a properly constructed limited liability company, that can never happen because the remedy at law is very, very different. The remedy would be to place a lien over the distributions, for example, from an LLC. But when properly constructed, a plaintiff cannot take the membership interest away from a client, nor get any managerial control. So if I'm doing business, whether, and remember, the LLC could be taxed as a C corporation, the corporation could be taxed as a C corporation, given that the tax parity is the same, looking at looking up liability uh, is protected by the same entity, looking down is completely different. And I would more likely than not opt for a properly constructed LLC. So that, that, that may be, and th there are many other reasons too, uh, but that's kind of one of the standout uh, characteristics of the difference between those entities that most people are not aware of. And we see that all the time. So we spend an awful lot of time, Steve, changing uh, corporate structures into limited liability company structures. And one of the things that, it, that, that are really important to that is that we're not changing the tax status. So if someone has a C corporation or an S corporation, Steve, and we turn them to an LLC because we want to get out of that corporate structure for all the reasons I just mentioned, we can do so and with a hybrid structure. So they're still taxed as, they're still for tax purposes, an S corporation or C corporation, but for asset protection purposes, they get the protection of the LLC. And that's just a, a small example of a particular strategy that can be used. So since I got you here, because I always sure. tell everybody, you know, really, they just get to listen in while I get all this uh, help and advice for my own life and business. Um, <laughs> what is your feeling about uh, the concept of living trusts and living, you know, those kind of living wills that start before a person um, has passed so that all of their assets are already kind of, um, you know, placed in a different place, if you will? Yeah, yeah. So, so first we have to dispel um, a, a couple of, uh, uh, we'll call it, um, urban myths about that. That's a really good question uh, to talk about. So first, first of all, from, from the first part of our conversation today, Steve, the 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 living trust, uh, which is just a trust created during your lifetime, has zero, absolutely zero asset protection benefits. It is an estate planning tool. Now, why do it? Um, so the, one of the major reasons um, is the avoidance of probate. Uh, and, and probate, which is the court-ordered uh, procedure that takes place when someone has passed, and if they're not using a trust, the assets have to run through the probate procedure. In some states, like California, it's an onerous procedure that can last three years. Some other states, it's a, it's a little bit easier uh, to get through probate. But when you're using a living trust, which is different from a living will, um, then by placing all your assets into the trust, which does not have any income tax consequences, it's really easy to use, we've gained several things. One, we've gained somewhat privacy because the probate process, the court process in moving assets from point A to point B is a public process. You avoid that trip to the courtroom, avoid that two years and all the attorney's fees um, that are associated with it. So, and, and the way that I like to look at a living trust is to let's strip the name away from it for a second. And let's look at it more like you and I are sitting in a theater together and up on the stage, you know, in a, in a dark theater on, on the stage that's lit up, are all the family members, spouses, children, grandchildren, parents, you know, the people that represent charities that we know and love, all the people and, and institutions that are meaningful in our life. 
and what we are actually doing in writing, besides avoiding probate, which is pretty clinical and very important, is we're writing the script on how all of those actors on the stage will move and behave based upon the script that you and I are writing for what happens in the event that we pass. And the other thing that's important to understand in a, in a trust, that in a, in a living trust, it just means it's created during lifetime, is that it's not only a death document, Steve, it's a document that's utilized uh, in the event of incapacity. So if Steve, uh, we have all your assets are on the train, so to speak, on the on the living trust, in the living trust, and um, you didn't die just for, for four or five months or three months, you know, you're out of commission, then the successor trustee for you would manage all those assets to take care of you, providing principal and income as needed for your health, education, welfare, and maintenance. Because in the alternative to that, is another court audited procedure, which is known as a conservatorship, aka a living probate. So if we don't have all of our documents in place and assets loaded properly, then we still have documents. They're just written for us by the state that we live in and governed by the judicial system, which is really not efficient, not very cost effective, and for sure not very private. What it really boils down to is there are so many nuances to asset protection, both um, all the time while we're alive, um, as well as when we pass, um, both at personal and in business, and they really do need a professional like you. So for somebody who wants to engage with you and have you help them with all of those kind of things, how can they get in contact with you? Well, uh, we will put it out. I think Paul's going to get to you a... Uh... Uh, a text message that they could send to us. But let me give you a little contact information. So we have um, Harry, uh, an email address, which is harry at barth, B-A-R-T-H, attorneys.com. Uh, you can reach me there and we'll provide anybody who gives us a call, kind of a complimentary assessment of the situation, the way we see it. And then they can also give us a call at area code 714-704-4828. Well, Harry, um, leave us with some words of encouragement as to why it's wise to think now before we need it about asset protection. Well, I, I think, I, I, first of all, if we do it after the fact, it doesn't work. So it's kind of a black and white scenario. The most important thing that I look at it is that we are the guardians of our wealth, Steve. We've all worked hard, uh, went to school, did the things we needed to do worked many hours, took risks, signed personal guarantees, did all the things we need to do to be successful. And we've been fortunate enough to be successful. I think, I think the other side of that is that we also need to be smart enough to put a fence around that which we've built you know, over the years to protect it as much as possible. To me, that's just common sense. Um, we wouldn't, you know, we turn around if we get people get jewelry, they put it in a safe deposit box, you know, they put they put fences around houses, they put alarm systems to protect which is valuable. This is that on a grander scale in protecting the assets that we've built during lifetime. Well, Harry, thanks so much for being here on the show with us today. I really uh, appreciate it. Thank you, Steve, so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that as well. Protect yourself, protect your assets, do the things that you can do so that all the work that you've put into life is there for both yourself as well as for the ongoing legacy of your family so that you can live safe and comfortable and free as a thriving entrepreneur. Let's take our next commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. 
Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free, it's guaranteed, it's proven, we've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve, reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now, what are you waiting for? Grab a pen, here we go. All you gotta do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com, book a talk with Steve, it's proven, it's guaranteed, it's gonna happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Join me in welcoming Branch Isley. Hey, Branch, how are you doing today? Hey, Steve, how are you? It's great to see you. I am good, thank you. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Sure, thanks for asking. I'm an author, uh, publisher. Uh, I do books, ebooks, articles. Um, I write for adults. I write about life situations that Adults know and understand, but maybe are searching for, you know, an answer to a relationship problem or a work problem or something that they're struggling with in their life. And that's the focus of this, the stories that I, that I produce. So I know you have uh, 20 plus books. Um, totally unfair question. Which one of them today is your favorite? Oh, great question. My favorite is my next one. So what is the name the of the book that, that you're working on right now? I'm actually working on two. I'm working on one called Breaking Free, which is a follow-up to my first book uh, for spiritual growth and grounding. And the other one is called Amus Bush. Okay. And what does that mean? I'm not sure I know what that word means. Those well, words mean. Sure, a moose bouche is a is a French term for a one bite, single bite. So if you think of hors d'oeuvres, you get the entire package in one bite. Mm, that's awesome. And all of the books are um, in the spiritual Christianity realm. Is that correct? No, I've got a spiritual series um, that deals with spiritual growth. I've got. Uh, uh, intimacy series which deals with uh, sex and intimacy and relationships i've got one on self-publishing for aspiring authors and then most of them are actually uh, fictional short stories and poetry uh, dealing with secular problems so sort of across the, the broad spectrum of life uh, those who believe those who don't those who are seeking and searching mm, i love it so, uh, you know, you said the other book is about breaking. Um, I've often said the worst part about breakthrough is the breaking in the through. Um, what are some of the things that you're talking about in your breakthrough book? Well, the breakthrough, you know, we, we live our lives um, comfortably or sometimes uncomfortably numb, and we get into a cycle, we get into a pattern, we get into behavioral responses that are often you know, automatic. Somebody asks us something and we really don't think or process about the question, we've got an automatic answer. And when we do that, when we start to respond automatically in, you know, in a situation uh, in response to a, an event or a person, a lot of times 
that answer is not in our best interest. So the idea is to stop before we answer and process exactly what we're being asked or confronted with. And then will my response, will my answer be in my best situation for this particular question? So it's, it's analyzing before I respond so that I can respond as the best person I am. So you bring up a good point, though. You talk about responding as the best person that you are. Um, a lot of people struggle with really even defining that. Can you help us just define how I know the best version of what the best version of myself is? Well, if, if when we are in balance, then whatever our response is benefits both us and the other party within with whom we're interacting. So if I'm in a situation with somebody at work or a family situation or a partner situation and an issue or a question comes up, you know, how, how does my response contribute to not only growth for me and the other person involved, how is it going to move that relationship forward? And so that's what it is. It's how can I be the best person in this situation so that it's beneficial, not only for me, but also for the other person that's involved. So just to uh, poke at that a little bit for fun here, um, sure. what about in the situation where the person that you're responding to um, isn't a very nice person and you're you know, you're not sure you should really take on whether it's the best for them when you need to take care of yourself. Well, just like every computer laptop has a delete button, you know, you don't need to go there. You don't need to engage. Um, we can all say no to the situation. We can all decide the best thing is for us not to engage and step away from the entire event. Okay. So you have an interesting uh, suggested question here on your suggested questions. Um, you know, nothing like a third generation minister and a graduate from Trinity Bible College to start talking about this, but um, are the end times real? Well, for those who trust and believe in Bible scripture, Yes, they will definitely become a real event and a real process of the end of the world. For those who are unfamiliar with prophecy or what the Bible has to say about the future of humanity, you know, their, their myth or, or outright lies. So depending on your perspective, and that ties directly with your spiritual grounding, uh, if you're spiritually grounded, then you have a, a little more reliability in what's being shared in Bible prophecy. So some people believe that they will be real events. Some people believe they are just something of Hollywood. And most people who are unfamiliar with the Bible or scripture or prophecy just believe that it's um, fabrications, made up stories and mythology. So it depends on your perspective and your spiritual awareness. So if a person doesn't believe they're real, are you saying that that means that they then end up not being real? Oh no, they're, they're going to be real. Um, if you believe that God is God and what he says is true, then what's been recorded as Bible prophecy um, will definitely be real. Uh, everyone alive in the end times will see the events of the end times unfold. Uh, some people will think that they are, you know, fabrications of technology or some mysterious um, other world experience. So again, it depends on perspective. For those who experience these events, uh, they may be part of it and still not understand what the meaning is or what the purpose of them may be.
Okay. Sorry, I just had to poke at you a little bit. Um, <laughs> I love it. Bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for a person that's really struggling because they're in a situation, you know, let's let's say they're in a relationship that's uh, one of those constant conflict kind of relationships. What are some practical things that they could start doing right now today to begin to diffuse that conflict and uh, come to a point of resolution? Great question. Um, you know, when we are in a struggle situation, especially in relationships, as I mentioned before, we, we tend to get into a habit sometimes where we respond automatically. You know, in a lot of situations between partners, uh, particularly men and women partners, uh, something may come up and a common retort from the male in most cases is, well, I've always been that way. So, you know, you should expect my response to be the same as it's been in the past. And that always is not the best response, nor does it allow for or permit or encourage growth. So one thing we have to acknowledge is that we all can process at the speed of thought. That is, if I ask you a question, if I ask you, you know, what your pet's name is, then that particular name comes to mind. If I say, who was the first person that you had contact with today? then that person comes to mind. So we have the ability with, the, you know, the capacity and our brain's ability, we can change thoughts instantly. And so before you respond in a situation that you know or believe is gonna aggravate that situation and not cause or come to resolution, the, the quickest and easiest new response to learn is to stop and then reprocess, think of another thought. And I always suggest with my clients, you know, the thought you should have is don't demean or respond respectfully. And if we'll stop before we respond and refocus our thought on those two things, not demeaning our partner or responding respectfully, then we can automatically come to a new place, a new thought, a new response. So it's a matter of refocusing, retraining, uh, reinventing, if you will, replacing an old thought with a new thought. And it takes practice, but that's how we can change our behavior is to realign our thoughts so we don't go to that automatic response of our old pattern behavior. I like that. All right. So um, somebody that finds themselves struggling in a relationship, uh, can you go even further and help them understand when is the time to work on themselves and when is the time to, as you put it earlier, hit the delete key and move out of that relationship when we're talking about something like marriage or, you know, a more permanent type of relationship like that? Yeah, very difficult. Um, well, first of all, we need to do the things that we can do, you know, to change our response and to grow as the individual. If the individual can grow and both individuals can grow, then there's a chance that the relationship you know, can repair itself or continue to grow. In other instances, you know, if it's really something deep or ingrained, uh, people may need to get professional help, uh, counseling, all of those avenues are available. But the key is, you know, how much are we willing to put up with? You know, if, if we're in an abusive relationship, are we going to stop the abuse by leaving the relationship? Or are we going to change the abuse? Or are we going to put up with the abuse? And that's the hard thing for people who are struggling in relationships. You know, there's economics involved. There may be children involved. There are a whole litany of things that you have to take into consideration. That's why it's so difficult sometimes, you know, to end a relationship, to end a marriage when you've invested time and energy and money in that relationship but at the end of the day you know is the relationship healthy is it moving forward as a couple or is it you know terminal and if it's terminal then you've got to figure out 
how do we separate? How do we divide? How do we leave in the most amicable position? And because we're humans, that's often you know a difficult place to be. Uh, we take things personally. Uh, we are unhappy with our own behavior, but we take it out on other party and revenge becomes you know an all too common answer in this day and age. Mm, thank you so much for that. So you have the books. Um, is there additional work that you do for and with people? Um, are you just here to just promote the books or do you have uh, programs that you work with people on? Well, I, I work with people, you know, who, who come to me through my website and, and have questions, uh, maybe struggling or trying to find answers, trying to find how can I get more balance in my life? So those people that I work with and share with on a personal basis, it all comes through the website, through contact on the website. So give us your uh, web address. Sure, it's easy. It's just my name, branch, like a tree, Isole dot com or you know google my name i'm the only one there so it shows right up all my links my website my writings my books my youtube channel everything is easy to find and let's spell that for people just in case that's b-r-a-n-c-h-i-s-o-l-e correct all right perfect well um leave us with a closing thought give us a word of encouragement before we end today Word of encouragement, be honest with yourself. Love that. Well, Branch, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Steve, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Break free. Live life to the fullest. Create freedom. Live in a place where you are thriving, where you're truly free, where you live exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. Live in a place where you're making a difference in the world. You're making a difference in your own life. That you're creating freedom. That you are the envoy, as it were, for freedom in the world. That not only for yourself, but for those people that you serve. That you are being a beacon of freedom and how they too can create freedom, of thriving and how they too can thrive in all that they do in their lives, in their business. It's such an amazing thing when we can bring all that we are to the world and give them the powerful, most amazing thing that there is in this world. And that's simply you being the best version of yourself while it's called today. Because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And the world, oh, the world so needs you. You have such a purpose. I hope you know that. You feel it to the very core of your being. And that if you never have before, that right in this moment, you now are like, yeah, I have a purpose. I was created for it. I'm here for a reason. I'm creating freedom in my life. And I am a beacon of freedom to everyone that I come in contact with. Because I'm living as a thriving entrepreneur. I'm getting it done. I'm making the world a better place. And I'm simply focusing on doing the best that I can do while it's called today. I want that for you. I love that whole concept. So grateful that we got to spend this time together. I hope that until we're together again next time, that you're just doing amazingly, that you're creating freedom in your life, that you're happy, safe, warm, and loved, that you're living as a thriving entrepreneur. And until we're together again next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-